We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I don't know about everyone listening, but after a long day of work, I just need to come home to a nice, refreshing tall boy to ease my stress. I actually just had three or four last night, if I'm being honest. No, not those tall boys. A refreshing tall can of liquid death was exactly what I needed. If you've noticed a new tall boy can in the water section that looks like a beer or an energy drink, it's actually liquid death, a mountain spring water from the Alps that comes in still, sparkling, or in three different flavors. Try the lime, trust me. Why is the water called liquid death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. There's just something special about grabbing an ice cold can of liquid death, hearing the pop when you open it, and quenching your thirst with the best tasting still or sparkling water on the market. I honestly could not go back to bottles even if I wanted to. As I mentioned, I can't recommend the Sparkling Lime Liquid Death enough. It has the perfect lime flavor to go with a crisp, refreshing finish. It's also the best water to mess with just about everyone you know, as they probably think you're chugging a beer in your car or a work meeting at about 9am. Seriously guys, check this product out. I've been absolutely loving it and I know you will too. Go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. 
Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Good to be back with you. The Thursday show is here. Your crew is here. I am half of your Pack-A-Day podcast crew. I'm Jason Perrone. You can also find me over at Game On Wisconsin. I do the Quick Slants podcast that comes out every Monday. Along with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel. Mark, have you recovered? Now, we're recording this a little bit early, so the weather's going to be very quick and short this week, and everyone's going to be upset because they're going to send it to us like clockwork early Wednesday, <laughs> and we will have already recorded. But uh, it's it's been two and a half days. Are you recovered from the disappointment from Sunday in London? Yeah, yeah, I'm recovered. I mean, listen, things happen. I mean, uh, it's funny, you know, I was, I've been a Packer fan. Like we, we've had this conversation and we've actually talked about it on, on the podcast. I've, I've been a Packer fan, my, you know, since I was a kid. I mean, my, my uncle, my godfather knew, knew Vince Lombardi and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I didn't know as many Packer fans. I growing up in, in New Jersey. I was one of, you know, a, a fan here. I, you know, I, I'd meet a kid here. Oh yeah, you're a Packer fan. Oh, that's cool. Whatever, you know. But I, I mean, I, I was surrounded by Eagle, Eagles fans and Giants fans. And I used to think, man, these Eagles and Giants fans are just, you know, they, they, they're weird. They, they overreact to everything and like that. Because the couple people I knew were, you know, not that I know personally, but through social media, you know, people to follow us and stuff are you know, obviously a lot of Packers down. They're just as bad, if not worse. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's a loss. It's a game. It's, it, I mean, playoff losses linger with me. Because it's it's a finality, you know. They all right. They lost to the Giants. It was a terrible loss. They played awful, all on all sides of the you know both sides of the ball. The coaching was everything was bad. Everything was bad Sunday. Other other than Randall Cobb played well. Uh, Pat O'Donnell punted well, and Mason guys, Crosby kicked well. Yeah, Mason. Crosby. Special teams aren't that bad anymore. No, it would have been nice if they could have recovered a fumble. Yeah, but, and I I wrote about that. I mean, it was it just took a crazy bounce on them. You know that that would have been if they did that. That would have been wow. You know, but hey, like I think when was it you and I talking about it when when you said uh, last year they they wouldn't even know that it was a fumble. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. It's the just it's night and day, and obviously it's a good it's a good improvement. That's a nice silver lining from the whole thing. But I guess since we preview the defense against the opponent's offense, and we will talk about the other New York team, which is the Jets. Who are coming to the to the Packers' actual home field of Lambeau Field? Then the defense has been a very hot topic already this week so far, and I'm not going to go so far as, and I think you and I both agree, the calls for to fire Joe Barry and completely reinvent the defense and bring in Vic Fangio, who by the way is not available. He's consulting and working for the Eagles, and and the calls for Mike Zimmer. This is the this is the part of when the Packers lose a game that I hate because right. we get these crazy, crazy like that's what I'm saying. You fringe think takes, yeah, just completely crazy takes. Now the defense itself, there's there are some concerns, and I've looked at the what yeah. the Jets do, and we all know about the struggles that the Packers had in covering crossers. We've seen all the advanced stats. Thank you for all of the websites out there that do all these numbers and crazy anomaly or not anomalies, but stats and numbers and stuff like that spoiler alert the Jets are going to run a bunch of crossers this week so the Packers better be ready for it and you talk about adjustments it's not just in game and at halftime it's week to week so we'll see what Joe Barry can cook up here he's not going anywhere by the way and I also don't think you don't make a change in the coaching staff the middle in the middle of the season unless something is very very dramatically wrong in fact Mark I'll ask you and all your time in Philadelphia how often that happened 
Um, I mean, the fact that you have to think about it is just. No, says there, not, there's been a couple. Never a head coaching change. Right. Well, no, I think. Well, not in the middle. Mary, my first year, Marion Campbell was let go with one week to go. Chip Kelly was let go with one week to go. As far as coordinators, I there are two that 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 come to mind. I believe Juan Castillo, who was never again shouldn't have been the defensive coordinator. Uh, they made a defensive coordinator. I believe in the middle of that season, they let him they 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 let him go, and moved moved up. Um, yeah, Todd Bowles, mm-hmm. who's the head coach now at Tampa Bay, was the secondary coach, and they they. They promoted him, uh, and then another time was Dana Bible was the offensive coordinator, and they didn't really they didn't really fire him. They just they hired another guy, Bill Musgrave, who's been around forever now, and they kind of like they never even made it like we I knew what was going. I actually wrote the story when they hired Musgrave that this is not this he he didn't come here to just whatever they title they gave him he's going to be running the offense in a few weeks and that's what happened so they kept and the bible kept a title but musgrave was like calling the calling the offense uh, that was under ray Rhodes, and i believe it was 97 or 98 nine yeah nine uh, one of those years i forget but yeah so it, it has happened and i i guess your next question is well how did it play out yep well, no, it didn't. It didn't make. It didn't make a difference. It's not like they made that change and all of a sudden the offense took off. Or the, when they made the change to um, to Todd Bowles, like the defense, no, they the, the, both seasons ended uh, terribly. <laughs> and I believe the head coach got fired up at the end of both of those years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, these things have a trickle down effect, and it doesn't usually bode well when you have to make those kind of changes. I mean, the Carolina Panthers just let. Mar- uh, Matt Rule go, and now right. apparently all their their players are are available on, on the market, and they're they're doing a fire sale, and their season is over already after four weeks. Right. And the Packers are nowhere near in that in that space no. yet. Now, the can you get there? Sure, no, but you had asked me that earlier when we were texting, getting ready for for tonight's um, podcast, and you had asked me about that, and I said, "No, I'm I'm with you. You don't. The only way would be like, I don't want to use Barry, I think, but let's just say." a head coach and a coordinator, especially the coordinator on the other side of the ball. You know, they, let's say they, you know, they, they have a meeting and it just gets to the point where the coordinator says, no, I'm not going to do what you, I'm not going to do that. I, this is how I do it. And the coach says, well, no, I need you to do it this way. I mean, if it comes to that where you're just butting heads on it and, you, you, and you're not, I mean, the head coach is still the head coach. If he wants, I mean, I'll use Andy Reid as an example. He let Jim Johnson run the defense. I mean, it, Jim Johnson, they were, this is a true story. There were guys on defense, Andy weren't even sure, like some of the backup linebackers, he didn't even know their names. <laughs> I, I really mean that. So I mean, he let Jim Johnson, but but I'm sure if, if there was ever a time where, I can't imagine what it would be, but if Andy wanted, I mean, Jim blitzed a lot. If he, if he wanted to, hey, Jim, I don't, I think we're blitzing too much. All right, well, Jim would say, you're the head coach. All right, well. I won't blitz quite, you know, if I'm blitzing 50% of the plays, I'll cut it back to 40. Ah, right, good, that's all I need, you know. Or I remember way back, Buddy Ryan was head coach and Ted Plum was his offense coordinator. And Buddy would, you know, he would he would say to us, and I got to talk to Ted. 
we need to run the ball more. We're not the the the, the, the ratio is out of whack in the pass and run. We need to okay, you know. So that you know that's the, the as as you said, and I, I saw you put it on on Twitter. The head coach is responsible. He's the boss, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts and ends there. It starts and ends with with Matt Lafleur, right? If Lafleur tells Barry, Joe Barry, I you know I want this done, and if Barry says no, I'm not doing that, well then maybe you have to make a move because you have to listen to to your boss. That's that's any job, right? I mean, right. If you told your boss, if your boss gave you an assignment and and you said no, I'm not doing that assignment. I don't think that's right. I don't see you're, you're probably not going to have a job the next day. No, and I I no, and I don't see Matt Lafleur as a micromanager at all. So the fact that when he has to get involved, and we've seen this all in our own lives too, when a boss has to get involved and they're not typically micromanagers and they're getting out of that space, now it becomes a big stressor, a big pain point for them. Matt LaFleur had to go to Joe Barry last year and ask him to make an adjustment, make a change. Now, I'm not saying that it was because Joe Barry wasn't doing his job. That's his first year. Last year was Barry's first year with with the team. And that's, that's just a conversation between two coaches. Right now, what I've heard Matt LaFleur say over the past couple weeks leading up to the Giants game, hey, I hope we're, we're going to be more aggressive. And then afterwards and through some of the things that he said, it's, it's you know, as, as our, our former co-host Paul Brettel likes to say, the tea leaves, reading into the tea leaves, it would seem like there's a desire for some more aggressiveness and, and for, from, for, some more, for some better results from the defense. Now, obviously... We always want more than we have. And the defense has put together some very, very incredibly good stretches during this season so far. They've had a, even a couple of really good games. I mean, there was some, some well, low output. I mean, I mean they, let's they, be honest. Well, that was, that was, that's what I was going to say is, is that, you, you know, you, you're, you've got you to be re- realistic there. But it's not, it's not necessarily that Joe Barry's not doing his job. But, the, but we are hearing some things now. And so it is on the radar. And I think it's just something to monitor is what I was going to finish with right well let's i mean let, let's look at this you know the packers are three and two which isn't what we wanted but it's not one in four it's not you know whatever it, it is what it is but the best the best the best game they played this year and, and their best win was obviously the one in tampa right they were not they were on under, under going in and i know tampa had some injuries and all that but that's all well the Packers were missing people that day too, which people don't want to bring up sometimes. But that's their best win. That's their best. The mm-hmm. defense won that game, not mm-hmm. the offense. Yep. Right. It was fourteen twelve. They held Tom Brady to twelve points. Mm-hmm. So let, let's give them a little credit there. The Bears game. I don't. I'm not going to say the defense won it, but the defense played pretty well. Now, now the Bears are, are the Bears, but you know they. So yes, but the defense was awful from the second quarter on they played first two series they were outstanding the Giants had four yards in on two series it is frustrating when you see the other guys make adjustments so it seemed like New York's offense figured out the defense pretty quickly it took two drives they made some adjustments all of a sudden Daniel Jones is booting out he's he's hitting guys I don't know if his ankle injury was overstated going into the game he sure didn't look that hobbled to me and either that or either that or he's just he would have run more like he Daniel Jones can run I mean I've seen him break some long runs mm-hmm. i mean so he wasn't it was that ankle wasn't 100 percent. it was but you're right it wasn't like he was limping by any means either yeah i mean the giant the giants offense is not that good they they i mean at 27 points is the most points they've scored 
this year, and I guess, I, I should have looked it up, but they, I mean, but last year it was a different Giants team, but that's a, that's way too many points to give Daniel Jones and a bunch of no-name wide receivers. That I mean, I followed the NFL pretty closely. I didn't. I never heard of a couple of those guys before we even knew the injury report. And I said the the final score I was predicting. I said 31-24 Packers, and you were just before you even knew who wasn't going to make the trip or play for the Giants. You were like twenty-four points. And they ended well, I, up scoring. I said that would be the most the Giants have scored this year. And there they did. Yep. And they did. They scored twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was that that. And 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 again, we're, we're, our job tonight is to talk about the defense, and that's what we do every week. So we'll we'll get more into that. But I mean, the offense didn't help the defense either. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it did. They um, they didn't. And you want to talk about? tweets that I put out there too and you know this because we've talked about it the offense has disappeared for a stretch in every single game yep except for maybe I mean they still needed overtime to beat the Patriots but that was the most even distribution of points that they've had all season long if you look at all the other games in the Bears game they scored 21 points in the second quarter they scored six the rest of the game right they didn't score any points in the second half against the Giants they only scored 14 points against Tampa their defense had to be Lights out against an undermanned Bucks team without Mike Evans in order to it's win that game. Still Tom Brady. Still and Tom Brady. No, I. That's true. And Leonard Brady Fournette won the Super Bowls and, with a bunch of average wide receivers. So I mean, very true. And uh, I, I absolutely am. That's that's one to be proud of too. But the uh, and we in the opener. I mean, geez, they didn't even score until the third quarter. They scored seven yeah. points all day. So the offense, and that's not what you know. We don't talk about the the Packers' offense, but it's it does dictate some of what the defense does. And they have, to your point, that I kind of over. Yeah, they, but, they, they have, they have definitely not, they have definitely not carried their weight. Well, and that's, and here's what I was going to add to that is, we kind of expected, or I, at least I did, the offense to be a little spotty, especially the first half of the year. It's a, you know, it's a new looking offense. They, their top two receivers from last year are gone. It's all, I mean, Alan Lazard's, well, Randall Cobb too, obviously, but, you know, they have rookie receivers coming in. They have a tight end coming back from a serious knee injury, although he looks pretty good, and I wish they would get him more involved. I don't want to, I don't want to spend, we're not supposed to talk offense too much, but, but God, I wish they'd, they'd get Tunyon more involved. Same. Um, but um, we thought the, I thought the offense would be, I thought it would be better than it is. I, I didn't think it'd be so you know, spurts, like, like you said, they, I, you know, it just blows defense, me away. What what blows me away is when they start the game hot, they go down, they drive down six minute drive. They score on the opening drive. They're successful. They, they get in the off, they get in the end zone and then the defense makes the, uh, the opposing defense makes some adjustments. And then all of a sudden now they can't score. And, and the offense, that's a whole nother story as far as how, yeah. how they operate. As far as the, as far as the defense goes, the big but, topic there, which we can get into after you, because I know you want to you want to talk a little bit more about what you started there is is the is the secondary, and I think that's that's maybe where we start uh, as far as as looking at the defense and in, in this past. Well, there's game a lot moving. to look at, but like I said, w- w- while I thought the offense would be not running on 100 percent from the go from the guy, I think now I expect this offense to get better every week, and by the and I and like I said, this might be a good not a good thing, but I think they'll be better. Like. We've seen teams, not just Packer teams, but all teams, you know, maybe by the, they hit their peak too soon. 
and then they go like the second half of this year they kind of go downhill mm-hmm. and then you go into the playoffs and you're not you get knocked out because yep. you're not playing as well as you were early i think this offense again i this is what i was hoping maybe and 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 also thinking the offense will get better and better and by playoff time they'll they'll be you know closer to that 100% but the defense and we all thought this and i i think I'm, i don't want to speak for you but i'm pretty sure because we we we've talked about it you know during the offseason and this was i thought this was going to be a a top 5 to 10 you know top 5 defense i really did mm-hmm. i thought they i thought they get a lot of pressure and they get some. I know they're not getting as many sacks as they as they, although they had a couple taken away last week because of penalty. And I thought they would cause a lot. They're not causing any turnovers. That to me, forget you. I don't care about yards. I never. I have never ever ever cared about how many yards a team gives up because a lot of it's garbage yards. But turnovers. That's to me a good defense causes turnovers. This defense is is not causing turn. They have one interception, right? One interception. That's they've got they got fumbles. They're definitely a couple, they're, not, they're, not, they're a lot. not not they many. No, they don't they don't the have Giants enough. Giants are a team that turns the ball. Daniel Jones is a damn turnover machine. Mm-hmm. That's his problem. That's why the Giants didn't pick up his option for next year. He's a, he turns the ball over too much. He, he didn't turn the ball over at all. Well, the it would help. It it, it it helps. It wasn't even close. Yeah, no, won. it wasn't. But it, it was helps. Won, right? It helps when your defensive backs are at least you know in the pocket of the receiver instead of uh, a step and a half behind playing catch up. Yeah, that all right. So let's start there because that's what you said a second there. I thought that I thought the Packers had the biggest. That was the biggest mismatch of the game. I thought was you know Alexander and Stokes and Douglas and Savage and Amos going against a bunch of nobodies that really. I had to I look mean, up. I didn't even know who they were. I mean Slayton, I, I I heard of and you know, but he's not. He's okay. He's they should have. I mean that you know that he shouldn't have heard. You know, David Sills and the other guy, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I never heard of the guy. They brought it from the practice squad. That a rookie tight end? No, I mean, that, it, that shouldn't have happened. That, that, there's, no, there's no excuse. There's nothing. I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. I just don't. I can't explain that one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's, it's the NFL now. I mean, offenses, that's, that's the thing. This isn't, again, this is not an offensive show, but offenses are designed. It's like, you've got to play within the, within the, the structure of an offense. And so you can have receivers that aren't very good, but if they're well coached and they're disciplined, then they can, they can still produce. And if, if you've got creative coaches and you've got coaches who can make adjustments and, and LaFleur himself said they were out coached, uh, against the, against the Giants, out. then you're. It doesn't matter who's who's playing. I mean, what was the what's the big buzzword going around this week? The Packers needed to do better, and they need to do better is execute, right? Execute, mm-hmm. execute, execute. Well, if you've got guys that aren't names, but they execute well, then they don't necessarily have to be names. And as I look ahead to the to the Jets here, so let me ask you just real quickly about about this for your take here, Mark. So at wide receiver for the Jets, you've got Elijah Moore. We all know Corey Davis. We know Corey Davis. Yep. Rookie Garrett Wilson, high high first round pick. Love. Right. Denzel Mims, who was a name that the Packers were kind of mocked yeah, a lot to a couple of years ago. He's a backup. He hasn't been very good. The tight end is Tyler Conklin. He's not bad. He's all right. He's he's okay. He's not you know he's not awful. No, he's not terrible. Well, he's, not, not, he's not a star, but he's not you know not terrible. And then your your running backs are Brees Hall and Michael Carter. And then you've got and Brees Hall could catch the ball. Right. So. These it 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 doesn't you know on paper and you said it before we started it not only does it not get easier but the the Jets on paper are their offense is better than New York's 
better than 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 the Giants. Oh God, yeah. The Giants was of the five games they've played. I would rank the, that offense that the Giants put out there last week. Even without Mike Evans in Tampa, it's, Tampa still had more weapons, mm-hmm. especially because you had Brady versus Daniel Jones. It's um, yeah. it wasn't as good. It wasn't nearly as good as the Vikings. It, it probably I don't know. New England's receivers were much better. I mean, Nelson Aguilar has played in the league a long time. He, he won a Super Bowl with the Eagles and was a, make, a big reason why they won the Super Bowl that, that year. Parker, he was a first-round pick. He played with the Dolphins for a while. Never lived up to the, you know, both of those guys, Aguilar and, and Parker, were first-round picks that maybe didn't live up to, aren't living up to first-round pick status, but they're they're pretty good players. They, they, they both had numbers throughout their, their careers. These guys, guys, like we said, were, were a bunch of, we didn't, I never, we, we didn't even hear, hear some of them. So, yeah, I mean, the Bears' offense is pretty bad, too. So, this probably rivaled the Bears' offense. Just run crossers. I guess just run crossers, right? But the point is, is it doesn't get any it doesn't get any easier. Like, this was your no. this was your hall pass, and you you didn't use it. So, and, yeah, and hats no, off. Was, hats I, and I mean, now, again, in defense of the defense, for lack of a better word, yeah, right. every, every team most years – has a game like that. They, everybody, I mean, you know, there, there's a game where you just, there's a, things just didn't go your way. You, you played, you, I mean, you can blame it on flying to London. You can blame it on a lot of things. I will blame Matt LaFleur a little bit. He didn't want to go to London. And he made, he made it pretty clear the whole week that how he didn't like the trip. He didn't want to be there. He was this, that, and the other. You can't have that. You can't act that way players pick up on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he set a bad tone listen it's the nfl they're playing games in in europe now if you don't want to go do this then don't coach the nfl go coach somewhere go coach a high school team where you play in your little county and, that, and you don't have to travel nobody I mean, just go go have some cheese with your wine at matt lafleur and just you this is the game that's on your schedule you play the games on your schedule I mean, and that's right. that. Now remember, and it's not like you were like you were playing a team from London. Like you had to go to. And the, 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 they had the to travel too. The Giants had to go there too. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's liquid death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called liquid death? You may ask. Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors... Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Vikings went the week prior. If you want to talk about a, a comparable travel uh, route distance, the Vikings had to go the week prior, and they took care of their game, and they won their game. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and remember, Jair yeah. makes the comment after the game. He talks to the media and says, hey, I'm not worried right now, but if we lose next week, I'm going to be worried. That wasn't a slam at anybody. That's Jair's personality. He's like, hey, I, I only that. have so much patience for us to not win a game. Aaron Rodgers then says, hey, I don't want to be putting that out there. We, we got to be thinking positive. Well, talk to your head coach then. Who, who said openly to the media, well, I don't know if I like going to London. And look, dude, you're the last person that should be dragging your head around that locker room when you're getting a team ready to go play in, the, in a place they've never played before. You already had Russell Douglas isn't a fan of playing in London. Now, he's done it before. He's played in London. So he's been on you know, a lot of these guys that have, that have uh, are on the Packers haven't. Mercedes Lewis is the record holder. He obviously plays well in London. He caught a touchdown on Sunday. Yes, so it's it's just and that prop. there's a there's a there's just it was just a it was just a bad vibe. Now remember last week, Mark and I asked you and I said, man, that they had lost to the Patriots. That could that could have been the head scratcher. And I said by the end of the season, we and we both said hopefully it was the Vikings game. Well, the Giants game just overtook it. Yes. So it now we have to hope that they don't have any other. Right. It, you and know, getting back to Alexander's quote, which I, the, the quarterback, like you said, took a little little umbrage to that. It's not like Alexander said, we're going to lose to the Jets no, next he didn't. week. Or, nope. I think I don't know what we're going to. What he said was, no, he was asked, are you worried? No, he said no. the way the team is. And he said, no, no, I'm not worried. Now, now if we lose next week, and he, guess what? If they do lose this week, they should be worried. Right. Everybody on that team should be worried if they lose. You know, like like I said, you have one of these games. It's the NFL. Things happen. And and let me say something. The Giants aren't bad. <laughs> that this is a new look giant team. That's Brian Dable and 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 Joe Shane, the general manager. They've brought an entire new attitude, just a new new everything to that Giants organization. That give them another couple of years, and they're gonna they might be real good. They're four and one. Yes, they are. And their only loss was a tough game to Dallas on Monday night. Who's I mean, also who's like also turning around and looks like they're gonna they're gonna be very good. They're on the schedule in a month uh, coming to Green Bay yeah. too. So I mean, let let's. I mean, I know how fans are, and 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 we as fans react sometimes the same way. Like our team lost. Oh my god, we lost. Well, sometimes you got to. I mean, 
Those no-name receivers played played their butts off. Daniel Jones had, without a doubt, the best game of his career. And without a doubt. There's no doubt in mind that's the best game he's ever played. Because he didn't turn the ball over. And he made big passes and key situation third downs. Uh, but to think the Giants were like six for seven in their, on their last seven third downs, mm-hmm. that's that's – that's <laughs> well they they busted the, they busted through the third down success the Packers had had especially on third, third and long, long they, yeah. because they they had a, they had a they I mean the Packers by far had their worst game defensively of the year against the Giants oh, well yeah. I don't know if you want to call the Vikings game but it, it no, was no no that was a bad first half statistically it was yeah statistically this was this one was this one was really bad well just for scheme and just kind of the Jets have thrown the ball the the second most uh, they have the second most attempts uh, through five weeks, uh, 214. Yeah, you told me that. that. That surprised me. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought they were that high. They are, and that's you know. So don't forget Who's now. First? The, uh, the Mike Lafleur, who's Matt's brother, is the offensive coordinator in in New York, and he does like to try to run the ball. Now, as, as on the flip side, there for somebody who likes to try to run the ball, the Jets don't have. They they're on the low end of the rushing rushing totem pole. They don't have a lot of rushing yards, so they're not getting a lot of production from their run game. But only the Cardinals have thrown it more. The Jets have thrown it 214 times this season. So now, I, I want to say part of that is because they've they've been behind a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if that's true. I know the Baltimore game. That's the game where they came back. They were down 17. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Do I have that right? That was Jets Baltimore, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it was. And they've only so they had to throw. They were down 17. They were they were probably throwing every play. Well, they only All have right. two plays. They only have two pass plays over 40 yards. So if you're looking, if you want to know how, how explosive that high pow, high passing offense is, it's not very. But this is the kind of offense where you get a, a young quarterback like Wilson, Zach Wilson, who comes in here, and if he gets in a rhythm and confident and he starts throwing it down and he puts together a nice couple of drives and eats up some clock, then the Packers are going to be in chase mode again. And I, and that's I'm, I'm really curious to see what they're going to plan to do to come out and try to try to get off the field because they couldn't do it on Sunday against the Giants no and it, that giant game went just as I hoped it would I mean the Packers came out strong like the first the Giants went three and out on their first two possessions the Packers scored it was 17-3 when it's 17-3 I don't know I don't know what you were thinking I'm thinking this is perfect now you know, Barkley becomes much less of a of a threat now because you're you know you're up fourteen. They're they're going to have to throw. Jones is going to throw three picks. You know, and this is going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happened at all. No. It's funny. I I I watched the game out because believe it or not, where I live, we don't have NFL Network. Don't ask me why, but we just I don't know. We have, we have MLB Network, but we don't have we don't have NFL Network. So a friend of mine runs a. Um, the same bar and restaurant that I usually go to when the Packers aren't on regular TV. I went there, but I, I asked him, I said, can I come in early? You know, the game's at 930. Yeah, just come around the back door. I'll, I'll let you in. Oh, he's a, the, my friend who, who manages the bar is a Giants fan. And um, I got to say, he was the coolest Giant fan ever, though, because he could have been, he was like, he was more, I think he was too stunned to like to rag me because he was, <laughs> so he's popping in and out. You know, he's busy and, you know, getting stuff because the bar didn't really open till I think, 1130 or 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But he's getting he's getting all the food ready, doing it, getting this ready, getting the bar set up and everything. So he's like popping over every so often. He comes over and it's when the Packers are up, whatever it was, 10 nothing, four, no, 14 nothing, I guess it was, right? 14 nothing, mm-hmm. 17. And he's like, oh, geez, this is this is going to get ugly. He's and, he, and he's like saying to me, no, you know, 
I, I, I hope they take it easy. I'm like, yeah, no, he won't run it up to, you know. And then, then it's 17-3, and he's like, oh, this is, I've seen this too many times. This and that are done. Like he was just, he, he, he thought the same thing I was thinking. There's no way the Giants are going to come back down 17-3. And then he's come, then, we, then he comes back, he's like, what happened? I'm like, you know, I don't know. Jones is playing the best game of his life, I said. And then, you know, they won the game. And like I said, he, I expected, like, he was, he was just like, hey, man, giving a little fist bump. And he's like, I think he was, he was shy. He was stunned. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think in different ways. <laughs> well, it's it's been a, a lot of it's been a tale of two halves with Joe Barry's defenses. He's I don't think his game plans are awful, and I don't think he's unprepared. I I don't know why the aggressiveness seems to go away in the second half because it's not like it's not like they've been behind in all these games where he had to go into this conservative mode. I mean, you, he wasn't trying to get after Daniel Jones. The, the corners are playing off. There's the yeah. big debate right now, and I don't know what your take on this is. There's the no, big I debate right that. now on whether... man-to-man. Well, not the, not the scheme. It was actually whether whether Jair should be outside or move inside and move Rasul outside or move Rasul back to safety, move Savage up to the star. Like, what's your take on all that? Well, here's my what I would do, and this is part of what I'm going to be... If you'll, as you're listening to this on Thursday, you could read my story about it as well. One of the things I would do is I, I would, I would make Darnell Savage your your slot corner. Yeah, let him because he's good. Let him do what he's good at. Exactly. He, we we're finding out he's not he's not the safety they 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 thought he was. Nope. But I think he can still be. He, he has speed. He has athleticism. I think he could cover slot receivers and be good at it. And I think I think if he didn't get hurt in camp. I think he might have, because if, if you remember when 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 was it Lafleur and Barry both were being asked, like pre-camp when they were doing like the, those interviews, like pre-camp interviews and stuff, and people were asking, you know, who might be in and that whatever. Savage's name, they 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 brought up Savage as a possibility. The coaches did, not not the writers, the coaches. Might have been Jerry Gray even said, it. I forget who said it, but anyway, I would do that, and I put Douglas at safety because I think Douglas. And again, I had this conversation with him his his rookie year. He's built like a safety. He really is. He, he look and he, and he hits. He, he's a you know he's physical. That's a move I would think about doing because I don't think Razul the the worst place to put to play him is where he's playing now as right. a slot corner. He's either he's either outside or at safety. Let him use his physical strength. Let him use his, what he's good at. Both of them. I think I think you'd, you'd get the the most out of both of those guys. If, and let's be honest, Douglas's future might be at safety because if they don't re-sign Adrian Amos next year, and who knows what the, what's going to happen there, because you know cap situation is what it is. I mean, they they, they don't they're not going to have a lot of money to spend. They got they got to sign Elton Jenkins. They might have to sign Tunyon. They might want to keep Lazard or or some. You know, they they got a more than more than a couple free agents next year. Yeah, they do. So why not if let play Douglas at safety now? See how he is. That might be a you know, a check mark off the list. We don't need a safety. We got Douglas to take that spot, you know, because, because guess what? Nixon wasn't a bad nickel either. No, he's played pretty well. He, yeah, he, he actually played, uh, has played at corner a lot better. I mean, he punched the ball out. He's got a little, I mean, no one's Charles Woodson, but he's got that mentality, that really heady defensive back that knows where to be. He's not the most, you know, Woodson was very also physically talented. Nixon's not quite to that level, but 
He's smart. He gets after the ball. He's a veteran presence. Like he has turned out to be somebody who it's like, hey, he you could put him out there and and not lose a beat. Right. And the only bad part about when he if he has to play defense is that it takes him off special teams sometimes, which he's very good at. Mm-hmm. That's part. He's him and Ford and Levitt and the most important Bisakia is the reason special teams have gone from god awful to okay. And they're not great. They still don't re- return anything anywhere. Although they, there's been a couple decent punt returns, I guess. But the kicking game is fixed. The punting is fine. The coverage is a million times better. So it can happen, I guess. Yeah. Now, the fired Joe Barry crowd's going to say, well, that's why they're better because they, they fired Drayton and they brought in a good special teams coach. Well, they didn't do it in the middle of the season. Well, I'm doing it in the middle. It's very disruptive. It's very disruptive. So I like one one take that I saw on Tuesday that I liked was from one of your colleagues over Packer Report, Peter Bukowski, who said that Joe Barry doesn't have to be fired for the defense to click. He just needs to avoid getting conservative. And that seems like a really obvious take solution. But look. It's sometimes you get into the game, you get into habits, you fall into into whatever mindset you're in. He's capable of taking a step back and saying, hey, we can, we can turn this thing loose, turn it around. I think he listens to his players. He doesn't strike me as, as a type that doesn't. I remember when, when Mike McCarthy was the head coach, I didn't really get a sense that the player's input landed as much with him as it does with a lot of this coaching staff. And that's why I'm just like, look, let's not, th- it's, you know, what's the phrase, Mark? Throw the baby out with the bathwater? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, that that's just, there's no reason. The Packers are still over 500. I get it. They could possibly come out and lose to the Jets this weekend. We've seen the Packers. Well, then, resp- like Alexander said, then it's time to panic. It, then it would, well, then it would, it's, it is going to be an issue because now you're losing to teams you shouldn't lose to and, and you're not taking care of. Yeah, home or road, I guess. I mean, but yeah, home makes doesn't make it any better. I mean, Lambeau Field, the Packers are very good there. So then it's that it does become an issue. But we've seen the Packers do everything from come out and lay another egg to go out and blow the other the doors off, and and the other team is cooked by halftime to just barely winning a game or to just eking out a loss. I, you know, we we don't know what direction that it's it's going to go. But we did say when we were doing the previews, we were talking about this season. The one thing that we have to remember that we've, we asked for, that I asked for, was there's a lot of need for young players to contribute this year because they lost Devontae, they lost Sidarius, and now you're asking Alan Lazard to step in and be a big key piece when really he's more of a three. There's It's, it's week five. The Packers have to, like you said, get well-oiled by the end of the season. Look for growth. So... Yes, they need to win. Yes, they should win the game. But listen, if they don't win this game on Sunday, but Packers Twitter is going to melt down. We're going to be hearing all about it. It's going to be that it's going to be this big, you know, shite storm. But they're well, three like and three, and they're three and three. It's an AFC, and it's an AFC team. I'm not saying throw the game out or just you know. I'm not trying to you know bury my head in the sand. But there's it's perspective, right? Yeah, maybe oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, there. I mean. The, it's easy to always blame it on on the coach and 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 listen. Barry deserves some of the blame. Like like we I, again, I want more aggressive, just like just like his boss does. And I want I don't know why they don't play more man. I don't. Their their corners are man to man corners. They're good press man to man corners. Let them do what they do best. Um, I wouldn't mind more blitzing. 
Mm-hmm. Let Quay Walker come on a blitz. You know, let Adrian Amos come on a blitz. Safety blitz. I love I love safety blitzes. You know, I, it's great if you think you can get pressure from your from your front and and you don't have to. But against a team that had weak wide receivers, why not? Mm-hmm. You're not doubling any of those guys, so why not? Why not just man up and send some people, put some put some pressure. Maybe if there's a little more pressure on Daniel Jones, he's not going. What was he? Fourteen for sixteen or whatever the hell he was in the second half. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's. I'm being obvious here, but most every quarterback doesn't do as well when he's getting pressured, when he's getting hit. So, and Zach Wilson's the same way. He's a rookie, or not a second-year guy. Second-year. Sorry. Yeah. Get some pressure on him. It all starts up front. It really does. I mean, yes, secondary, but if the quarterback's getting sacked, you don't have to worry about covering anybody. If the quarterback's throwing the ball away, you don't have to worry about covering anybody, right? I mean, the, a pass rush makes everything better. So, they got to get. They got to get. Now again, they had two sacks taken away last week because of penalties on Douglas and Savage. Mm-hmm. That's everything. Why were they holding the? They had to hold those receivers. Yeah, really? I, I mean, I, I, a couple of them were bad. A couple of them were not that. Not that. Not really that bad. The Douglas tackle was. That's just the league. Yeah, that's that just. Was, that's just the NFL that's just today. The NFL it's it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And if you looked around the league, there were some really bad calls in other games. Where I'm glad it wasn't in Green Bay's game because. That would be really well, hard. I think to... the holdings were holds, though. I really do. Yeah, no, they were. No, they they were. And, and but to your to go back to what you were saying before, and I said this I said this earlier this week too. I've had you know a lot of put a lot of tweets out this week. Is as far as Joe Barry goes with regards to making adjustments and being aggressive. Okay, if you believe in your players, if you believe you have good players, and I think at this point right now the Packers still have a good secondary, right? They might, yeah. maybe, maybe they'll turn out. Here's the thing. Like maybe it'll turn out because we, we just don't know right now. It's too soon, but maybe it'll turn out by the end of this year that the Russell regresses to the mean, to the point where it's like, okay, he's definitely belongs on a roster and on the field, but I can see maybe why he'd bounce around a little bit. Eric Stokes might turn out was, was okay. Is he a mid first round? Was he a mid first rounder? He's fast, but is he a mid first round corner? Mm, yes, I don't. I don't know. We don't know. So I'm just saying, for um, for argument's sake, let's just say we okay. we don't know. But if you're Joe Barry, and you believe in your players, and he does at this point, I'm going to speak for him right now confidently. Then you have to do what you just said, Mark. You have to be willing to send guys, send pressure. Don't be. You can't be so worried that the back end can't get it done. You've got what was touted as, and maybe they don't. They're not that. And maybe they were overblown one of the best secondaries in the league, and you still got Jair Alexander back there, so get after the pass. Send, I agree. Send Quay, you know, whatever it is, give him the reps, get him some experience, start doing it. I, they talked about Quay Walker being a part of the, the pressure about the pass rush. Roll this thing out. Let's see more of Enigbari. What can he do? Because they need, and Garvin, Garvin actually had a, had a, a, a decent play. I think he either almost had a sack or knocked a ball down or something on he Sunday. So. the ball now. Yeah, and so, and I'm not, you know, these, those are plays. Those are still plays that are being made. So get some of these guys' experience. Start sending them, start doing some different things, and don't wait for the head coach to pull you in and have the heart-to-heart. Just do it. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Douglas and Stokes, maybe. No, no they're not playing as well. And, and, and Douglas was fine until this game. I, I The first four games, I don't think he was bad at all. He wasn't good against the Giants. He was, that was his worst game I've ever seen him play three penalties and he got beat a couple times but because he's not he's not a nickel slot inside corner that's not what he is he's better outside and he's better playing man to man stokes the same way he's a man to man corner 
Jair is definitely a man-to-man corner. He's a he's a shutdown corner. He's a he's a guy that you say, okay, you're guarding. Who's the Jets receivers again? <laughs> I forget. You just told me. Yeah, it's um, it's, Cor- it's Corey Davis, Elijah Corey Davis. Moore, and Garrett Wilson. Got, Jair, you got Corey Davis, and we don't have to worry about him. He's not going to catch any balls today, like the Eagles used to do with Troy Vincent. Mm-hmm. You know, Troy, you you got Amani Toomer today, so okay, he's out of it. We're not worried about Amani Toomer anymore because mm-hmm. you're going to shut him out. You know, not, and, he, and then again, Toomer might get two catches for 12, 13 yards. Okay, and he didn't shut him out, but he didn't hurt him. You know, so I mean that that's kind of what <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I I, I I'm I've always been in a when, I, when it comes to defense, I've always want pressure, blitzing, do whatever it takes, you know. And man, and when you have the better players, play man to man, just like in basketball. I mean, more college and pro. But if my team's better, I'm playing you man to man. Now, if, if you're better than me, then maybe I sit in zones and play a two three or, or one three one or whatever because I'm not good enough to play you man to man. But if I'm better, if I have the better team, if I have the better players, I'm playing man to man. Right. No, yeah. No, but here's the, here's my question. My question is this. If we're all seeing this sitting in our living rooms and talking on Twitter and on TV and we see all these these things, what do you think they're saying in the meeting room? And why aren't the guys on the sideline and the guys that are paid to make these adjustments and figure these things out, why does it seem like they're not doing it if they believe in their players? That's my big question. I don't know. That's a good that's a great question. Because if you believe in your players and you don't make the adjustments and you don't get aggressive, and now your head coach is coming out and he's got to be more vocal and he's essentially kind of giving you your, uh, I don't know what the, you know, your suggestions through the media. That's where you start to have fractures and problems. That's where the players are like, who do we listen to? Who are we playing for here? Can we believe in this? Our head coach doesn't even know if, if what we're doing is, is the best thing. But you've got last year to lean on because they played well in stretches and they didn't have Jair at this point, from this point forward last year, Jair was out. He didn't play. And from mid October all the way through the rest of the season, he didn't play at all. And they somehow still managed to do okay with Stokes, Rasul, Chandon Sullivan. They beat the Rams who won the Super Bowl. They, they won some big games, by the way, to your point, to your point, Way back, and again, I know this isn't an offensive show, but does anyone remember 2016? It was about, what, late November? Just saying. That's, you know, that team, the run the table, that's about when they came alive. I'm not saying sleepwalk through the rest of October and the early part of November. Definitely don't, because I'm going to a game in November, and I need him to (laughs) step up. I'm going to that Cowboys game, and I need him to step up and play well. It would be nice, you know, for me to go there and see a decent game. I don't. I don't want to watch what I saw uh, in London uh, when I'm there in the house at, at Lambeau, but they've got, they've got time to figure it out, but let's not wait until that then or till the, the end to make all, like you said, get some things figured out now. And I think the Packers will, I think this was that wake up call. This was a smelling salt game where I think they'll, they'll get some things figured out. And listen, the other thing I said too, and, and I'd like your take on this because you've watched and covered a lot of football is, I'm not saying players should go rogue, but there are players in the in the history of this league and in the league right now where I don't care what the call is, I don't care what the responsibility on the field is. Once the ball's in the air or the ball's in the hands of the running back, and you're it's not your responsibility, that's not your there are some guys that just play football. Go make a play. Regardless of yes. what your assignment or what the what the call was, you still go make a play because it's football. What did TJ Slayton say 
after the game when he, you know, besides we were really perplexed that they ran so much boot, even though it was on film. They do it a lot anyway. So I don't know what, what they were watching for their prep. But, they're, you, you know, we just didn't play football is what Slayton said. Then and so and actually he played okay. He did. But what I'm saying he is is, well. is is we need these guys to just if you know maybe maybe if I'm Joe Barry or Matt Lafleur like just go play football, just do see ball get ball, right? Right. Sometimes it comes down to that simple blocking and tackling. Right. That's you can't you just be games. you can't just be something that you're not. Players, you know some some guys need. They need structure. They need a scheme. They need to know what their assignment is. And one of the things I'm worried about is with Eric Stokes, I can't figure out if he's being misused or he just literally can't. He's not He's not that guy. He's not a playmaker because he's not making plays. He doesn't have any pass breakups to his credit on the stat sheet so far this year. Now, they well, also haven't mind, thrown at him. A bunch. Games, they didn't throw at him. They didn't throw at him. Right, which, you know, he listen. And, and so I'm not – I don't want to – throw that out of the out of the equation right but not the first game second third games i'm sorry at some point every single it it, dion why did dion have so many interceptions if they never threw at him he so there's got to be opportunities out there and stokes and some of these other guys they've got to start they got to start making plays they got to just they've got to get the ball in their hands one interception in five games is not good not no, it's just not. I mean, not for a secondary that, you know, has the the players they have in the, you know, you have two first-round picks at corner. You have a first-round pick at safety. You have a, a guy that you signed as a free agent and gave him some pretty good money. And another guy that you re-signed and gave him, you know, decent money. Uh, they, they should be making plays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like, it's not, this isn't a Packers secondary of a few years ago where you had a bunch of nobodies out there trying to, and, and actually did okay with them. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, these guys got to make plays. The Packers didn't give, didn't make Alexander the highest paid corner in in football to not either a get a bunch of interceptions or b take a receiver out of the game. Yep, that's what that's why they made him the highest paid, and for him not to be on the best receiver every week is is ludicrous. Well, if they roll out the same defense as they did last week and it doesn't go well against the Jets, then we'll know that there's there's an issue and there's there's just I mean there's either insubordination going on or there's just an in in, in cape they're incapable of of preparing for and making adjustments here. I mean, if you have to go man plus a box, you know the 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 old NBA you know one plus a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have to go Jair, man, everyone else has an assignment or something like that. You do do whatever you need to do. You do what it, yeah. You do what it takes to win the game. Do what you you do what you take what it takes to win the game. And I get not everybody can be Bill Belichick, and you can morph into something else because week to week the Patriots change, and that's just the way he coaches that team. But he is the he's the unicorn. He's the outlier. Well, but teams have made changes. I mean, I've I've witnessed more so on offense sometimes, but defense as well, where you went from. One style of play. I mean, listen, these guys are football players. They've all, they've all played in all different kind of systems in their life. What they played in college, that they might not be playing in the in the in the in the NFL. I mean, some teams come, you know, they played some colleges play man, some play nothing but zone, some play three four, some play four three. So they played in different systems. And you know, Adrian Amos was with the Bears. The Bears defense isn't the same as the Packers. Rosal was with the Eagles and the Panthers before. 
he, you know, then he bounced around, but and he played actually for both of those teams. Their defense isn't the same system as the Packers. Preston Smith played in Washington. That certainly wasn't the same kind of defense. So they've 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 been in different defenses. They, you know, you can adjust. These are guys that have been around. You know, it's not Pop Warner. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're not like the first time these guys have ever played football. They can adjust. I mean, it, it, and and you know, I think players, but at least players I've dealt with, want to be aggressive. That they're they're football players. They they would rather play man. They would rather blitz. They would rather. They don't want to sit back in that bend, but don't break stuff. They don't. I mean, even if it even if it's better, even if it suits them better, they won't want to hear that. They want to hear no. We're we're going to go out and be a great. You know, they, that's what that's how they want to play. Yeah. Well, hopefully, and I think that I don't think the Packers have an issue with wanting to to be aggressive. The question is, is are they not doing it because they're afraid? They're you know they're they're or is it the call? Is it? The expectation, the scheme. We don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm rhetorically asking a question because yeah. we don't. Obviously, we don't. We don't know the answer. But as we get through all of it, and we did, you know, fortunately get to sprinkle in some Jets talk and all that kind of stuff too. But I think this was a great mix of last year adjustments moving forward. They've got a game to play. They they declined the early buy. I, I agree with that decision. I joked before that the Jets were kind of their you know their easy week coming off of London. But who knows? I mean, the way the Packers played this this last week, the Packers almost looked like you know maybe. They're a little bit of an easier opponent. I'm saying that tongue in cheek. I don't really mean that. They scored 40 last week. They scored 40 against. Now I know that that the Dolphins uh, don't. You know, they, they're and Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, so the quarterback situation was dire. They weren't going to. The Dolphins weren't going to win that game anyway. But that's called taking care of a game you're supposed to take care of. The Packers should have put up at least 30 and yeah, won by and at half. least two scores. Right. Anyway, so give me your, give me your. We got to wrap this up. Give me your score. Man, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I, I can't I can't sit here and, and be naive and say, oh, the Packers are going to come out and, and blow the doors off of the Jets. So I guess I I don't know if I trust the Jets to score forty again, but I'll I'll <laughs> I'll not. I'll let them. I guess I'll I'll let them get into I'll let them get into the twenties. I'm I'm kind of seeing like a twenty four, twenty one, twenty seven, twenty one Packers, but I think they're going to have to come on late and and. Win it late. I, I mean, maybe I don't know if they'll have to come back, but I don't see them ever being comfortably ahead in this game. I just think it's they're not they're not quite there yet. They've got a lot to figure out, but I think they win the game. Okay, I'm with you. I think it's I think they're gonna it's gonna be a little easier. Uh, maybe I'm looking at this through rose colored glasses or green and gold glasses, but they've they've generally bounced back from poor performances under Matt Lafleur the last couple of years, and I think they will again. I, I know the Jets are better than we than a lot of people thought, but I don't think they're ready to come into Lambeau and win. I'm going to say 26-17. Mm-hmm. I'll give them a nine-point win. I'll have them cover the spread. Okay. All right. And, oh, give me your start of the game. Give me the defensive start of the game. So Ooh, we talk about the defense. Geez. Well, I'd like for it to be Quay Walker because they got creative. Okay. But at this point, I guess – I'm going to say Kenny. I think it's going to be Kenny Clark. I'd like to say Jair. It'll either be Kenny Clark or Jair Alexander, but I'll go with Clark if I only have to, if I can only pick one. Because okay. he's, you know, when, I, he, when he gets mad, he can impose as well. I, since I always say Kenny, I, I'll, I'll let you have him this week. I'm going to go a little off the wall here. Not, not, not really off the wall, but I think Preston Smith has a big game. I like it. I think he has a couple sacks this week. And he's hopefully, I hope he's comes out of this game healthy, and then he gets a chance to finally face his old team, and it'll be in yeah, Washington. Right. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, right? Last year, that's the only game he missed. 
And then we'll get to now next week. We get to talk about your old friend Carson Wentz, who's his quarterback for the Commanders, because oh, yeah. the Packers travel to Washington to take on the uh, the Commanders. Yes, they did. So all right, all right. Well, this has been a good one, a little bit of a longer one, but good discussion because there was a lot to talk about with regards to the defense. Now you already kind of alluded to it, but up now at Packer Report, and then um, right. coming up, I'm assuming um, it'll be a game recap. Yeah, the game recaps up there now. If you if you want to. I don't know why you'd want to read about that, but if you do, it's up there for you. If you have, if you haven't read it all already, and then coming later today, or depending on what time you're listening to us, it might already be up. Will be my my suggestions to how they could fix the defense. There you go. Well, hopefully Joe Barry's got access. Hopefully he's got a subscription to Packer Report. <laughs> well, so. they listened to me a couple times last year. Remember? Yeah, I, the punter they, they signed a punter that I wanted, and then they got rid of him after this year. But that's okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> quick slants will be out on Monday, regardless of the result on Sunday. You know how it is. I always enjoy doing that show. So get over to Game on Wisconsin and check that out. Thanks everybody for riding along with us. You know what I, I realized, Mark? We didn't do any. We we completely skipped over the weather. That's why. So it, let's it, just it, skip it, it we, this week because if we're not yep. going to include our friends that always chime we're in, not, we should. We're not doing. But this was a. Weather free. We had too much. We had too much football to talk about. Weather free version of the Pack a Day podcast on Thursday. Enjoy. You won't next see too week many. After of... a nice win, we'll be happy. We'll be. We'll, the weather will be back. The weather will be back next week as scheduled. Thanks everybody for riding along. Hopefully, it's a much better result against this New York team, the Jets, than it was last week. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and go Pack Go. the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done